The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Well, hello, everyone. What's going on? What's happening today? I'm Craig Bobby, and we are back with TPS Midweek Edition. We thank you for joining us today. If you're new to the show, we thank you for tuning in. And if you're listening to us again for the second time, well, we must have done something right. So we thank you for coming back, and it's very much appreciated. And boy, the bikes have taken over this city, the beautiful city of Toronto. I was out biking around on the weekend with my family, enjoying the sunshine. And uh, my goodness, are there people out and about and enjoying the parks and all that Toronto has to offer to the outdoors. It was very nice seeing everyone and nice seeing everyone keeping their distance uh, to an appropriate level. So on this week's show, we're going to talk some toppers because that seems to be all the the rage or that seems to be the topic of conversation these days. We're going to talk a little DLC. We're going to throw in my first interview and a little more about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So there's lots to chat about. So come on along. As always, we're going to keep it short and sweet and keep you coming back for more. Well, I'll tell you what, son. If it weren't for that last shot of tequila... In that bathroom in the Rustler Steakhouse so many years ago, you wouldn't even be here. I am serious. One less shot. So it's Topper Central over at Stern these days with the announcement of their much speculated Jurassic Park Topper, which quickly sold out. If you listen to Zach and Dennis on TPS earlier this week, they did a very in-depth discussion with a little analysis from Dennis on the average Topper price and what sold when and for how much. All really good stuff. So I thought we'd get a little bit more into that topic since um, it seems to be quite the conversation on many of the pinside chats and uh, on various Facebook posts, pinball enthusiasts, etc., etc. So here are my two cents. With this particular Jurassic Park topper, I think the design and look is much better in the unboxing video that Zach Many did on YouTube versus what Stern shows on their website. So before I saw this topper in action, if you want to call it that, and installed on top of Jurassic Park, I wasn't so hot on it for the price of what they were offering it. But once that topper was installed, you know, I started to soften a little bit. I started to see why people might be tempted to get this particular topper. I thought the depth of the topper looked much better once it was lit by LEDs. And I also thought the effect of the lighting in the torches was actually very good. And the way the topper lit up, I mean, I understand now why that logo is where it is on that topper, because it actually seems when it's lit up like it's the gates of Jurassic Park. And when it's over on top of that machine, when it's on the very top and looking over it, it's almost like you're driving through visually the Jurassic Park gates. So I thought it was a very actually cool effect. So let's talk a little bit about the price. So there's been a lot of talk in the hobby and on various chats about whether Stern's $599.99 US price is highway robbery or worse, that buyers of this accessory are actually somehow hurting the hobby as a whole by supporting 
Stern's pricing model for this particular accessory. So I'm just going to wait in here a little bit to give you my opinion. I am okay with the pricing for what you get, but if I owned this particular title, Jurassic Park, it wouldn't be high on my list of accessories to buy for what it costs and what it does, but that is only my opinion. Do I begrudge anyone else for buying this accessory? Or even dreaming of buying this accessory? Or thinking of buying this accessory? Not in the slightest. And the notion that someone buying this is in any way doing harm to the pinball industry or by buying this is somehow a problem to the community or the hobby at large, I think is completely laughable and frankly tantamount to bullying. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, where does that argument go? Think about it. Where does it go? What if you don't like it that I bought and find val found value in a Batman 66 Super Edition and paid the max price for that particular title? Or... Or what if I'm interested in buying the Elvira's House of Horrors limited edition? Or what if I like the premium edition of any Stern title versus the Pro because I see value in the premium model at the higher price? So because someone else decides they know better and they see value in the Pro model of that or a different machine, does that give them the right then to tell me that I'm wrong? And what if I bought a Jersey Jack dialed in when clearly that title was a ripoff and Pirates was really the only title that you should be buying? And on and on and on. I mean, you could take that argument in so many different directions and launch a What's Fair campaign against anyone buying those games or any accessories. I mean, seriously, where does this end and where does it go? I get a little uppity when people that I don't know start telling me what to do with my money in any hobby or pastime or in life in general. I mean, we have enough of those people in the world trying to tell us what to do and we all work hard enough for the money that we make. We don't need other people that are supposed to be with us in this hobby, enjoying it, telling us what to do and what to buy. I think it is ridiculous. We certainly don't need people in this hobby laying down some sort of weird anti-buy edict that makes zero sense. Zero. So do I think that anyone buying this is doing any harm to the industry or others who either can't afford it or don't want it? Absolutely not. We can all decide what's best for our own lives, thank you, and what makes economic sense, and that's called being an adult. <laughs> I mean, shaming or bullying someone for buying an accessory for an expensive, a very expensive game is so completely ridiculous, I can't even go on about it, so I'm not going to rant and rage about it further, but no one got into this hobby to be either made fun of or be laughed at or be shamed, because where's the fun in that? And what are we doing to ourselves as a community? We're cannibalizing ourselves and we're cannibalizing the people that are giving us these amazing games in the first place. So bye, 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 or don't, don't, don't. Nobody gives a shit. Shake and bake. <laughs> I just saw that. I don't believe it, but I just saw that. So I think another subset of this uh, topper discussion which Zach and Dennis touched upon was the DLC aspect of it because, of course, this topper does something a little different than some of the other toppers that Stern has offered in the past in that it unlocks a certain mode. 
And, you know, I would argue that it's a pretty minor mode, but it's still a mode, so technically it does unlock something. Again, is that extra mode enough to make me want to buy the topper? No. Do I understand why they might have charged a little bit more for it, given that there is an extra mode in there? Yeah, I guess. Um, I kind of see it as a bonus, but I guess other people see it differently because you are paying uh, a little bit more for this particular topper. I'd also argue that at $599, I mean, if you're going to pay $450, you're getting kind of close to the to the price tag anyway. And some might say, well, I'd rather put that $150 to something else. Great. Then guess what? You don't have to buy it. Meh. Conversation over. I could care less. I think the community kind of is like, Meh. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of chatter about it. I, I often wonder when ch chatter like this gets going, it's really about the people who aren't buying the topper for various reasons, and they feel like their their views are the right ones. Again, I would strongly disagree about all that, and I think there's room for, uh, for a lot of other opinions, which is, again, what makes this hobby interesting and fun. But it's not so fun, I think, when people are being openly criticized and shamed for wanting something and thinking that that's right for them. I don't agree with that in the slightest. I mean, let's be supportive. Let's be kind to one another. But back to the discussion. DLC is coming. And of course, with this topper unlocking an extra mode, that signals Stern's interest in exploring the world of DLC or what they call downloadable content or pay for play essentially. And I think it is coming. I think it's inevitable. Again, if you don't like it, you don't have to participate in it. The beautiful thing about this hobby is that there are lots of entry points into it and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to buy the latest new inbox. There are a plethora of titles that have come before this moment in time and I still think there will be many manufacturers who will not go down the DLC road but I do think it's inevitable because it is another potential revenue stream for these companies and I think they would be foolish not to explore it. Now do I think that the DLC DLC aspect or pay for play is going to be worth it, I'm going to have to say yes. And I here's how I think, in my opinion, they're going to roll it out. They're going to go, okay, guys, now every game is going to have a modem. Good news. You can, you know, now update your titles for it. You can maybe uh, update all of your diagnostic information uh, remotely, whatever. I think that's just a side benefit to that whole hardware. However, I think what they're really going to start to roll out is the concept of paying for a membership to belong to a league or to belong to online championships. So I think that is really where Stern is going to uh, explore fully or is going to go with this ultimately once this is perfected. And I think it's still a big unknown as to what they're actually planning. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see it this year. I think it, it might be uh, multiple years in the making, but I don't know. I have no clue how far along they are and how far along their, their programmers are with, with this technology. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. So I do think Stern's going that direction as well. And again, I think they would be foolish not to. It's going to, going to open up a whole uh, new revenue stream for them. And by the way, this is only going to make the hobby stronger, I believe, and offer more opportunity and more variety in the games that are going to be offered and the ways that you can play these games and maximize the value that you are spending. Let's not forget that you are spending a ton of money on these things already. 
Some would argue, well, why aren't they including it in the thing? Again, it's just another revenue stream, and no one's handing that stuff out for free. I don't see Xbox handing that out, or Microsoft handing it out with their Xbox platform. I don't see PlayStation doing that. Nobody in their right mind is going to hand out an online subscription for free. There are millions of dollars, extra dollars there for them to pick up on that. And um, I think it's coming. Now, does it mean you have to participate in it? No. Does it mean that you won't be able to play your friends, you know, um, around the world or in other countries if you don't have it? Yes, sadly. So again, if you pay, then you get to play. I mean, (laughs) it's pretty straightforward. (laughs) And I do think it's a good thing because I do think it's going to open up new ways to enjoy these games and to have fun. So I can't wait to see what they, uh, how that all goes. So just to put a bow on the whole conversation about toppers and DLC, the average price of a topper, according to Dennis and his little uh, little research project there, around $469 US, average, call it average. So at $599 for a, and a topper for the best game of the year last year, I'm okay with it. And I think a lot of people are okay with it because they've already sold out. Um, and I'm sure they'll continue to sell very, very well. And I understand a lot of people are not as okay with it as I am, but they don't have to buy anything. And that's the beauty of it as well. You don't like it, you don't buy it. It's a crotch party right up oh, in here. Why it. don't you lick on this big John? Stop it, Dale, stop it, stop it. So like I said earlier, one of the things that I love about this hobby is just how many different aspects there are to it. I mean, there are there is the collector side, we got the operator side, there is the repair and maintenance side, the modification or the mod community side, and there is the location side and of course the competitive side. So last week I shared a story or an experience I had um, on the competitive side of pinball and uh, I wanted to continue to explore some of these other aspects, one of them being ownership. Now I've always loved pinball but it's taken me a while to either A be able to afford either a new or a used title or B have the space to put the damn thing once I could afford to do so. And then, of course, there was uh, home ownership and kids and cars and sports interests and vacations. And the list goes on and on about what you can spend your hard-earned money for enjoyment. And pinball ownership, despite my interest, has always taken a backseat until this year. So next year, I am turning 50. As the 50 bell chimes ever closer, my mind is now turning to some, well, let's call it bucket list items that I'd like to enjoy before I can even step up to one of these machines, let alone play one. Because unless they discover a cure for death, I mean, we're all going to go at some point. So to the great wizard mode in the sky, if you know what I mean. So before that moment comes, and I know I got some time, I hope I got some time, but I'd like to get one while I still can. So... So I'm faced with two options, buy used or buy new. And well, so I live in Canada and the used market is horrific compared to the U.S. It's tough to find good titles or the titles that you want. So the variety is awful. And when you do, there's really no deals. People generally want too much for what they have. So you might as well, in my mind, spend a little bit more get exactly what you want versus overpaying for a used machine with its own issues. And plus, I want to be a little picky on theme. You know, these things are art pieces as much as they are a game, and they take up a lot of real estate. And you want to make sure that the theme is going to resonate with you or 
makes sense for your environment. So I have a nine-year-old daughter who I am desperately trying to get interested in this hobby, partly because I want to play with her and for her to enjoy this hobby or for, for me to be able to enjoy the hobby with her and also to pass the love of this cool and awesome pastime along to her and partly because it will just help me justify the expense of buying one of these wildly expensive new in-box titles. So TMNT is announced and I'm thinking, yes, finally a theme that my daughter may like or that at least may have an interest in. You know, it, it can't be Stranger Things. It's too adult. She doesn't know it. Um, and there's monsters. It's the wrong era for her. Um, Elvira, you know, I can't have big boobs. Sorry, Elvira, in, in my house. I love you, but I, I can't have that on display in the living room 24-7. Star Wars would be awesome because I'm a huge Star Wars fan for that particular theme. I mean, I have a shit ton of Star Wars action figures and collectibles. Sadly, I wasn't as big a fan of that particular recent title by Stern, so it's a pass for me. Not that I'm against anyone else who uh, who bought that title, but for me, it didn't it didn't resonate with what they did with it. So for me, it all makes sense to have a new inbox title. But at the end of the day, I'd like my family to also have an interest in this. If I can get a theme that maybe everyone can get behind, hey, why wouldn't you do that? So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arrives, and I'm thinking, yes, this is the one. This is the one my daughter will love. This is the one that my wife will relent on. This is the one. Yeah, is it a bit comic-y? I guess so. Do I love that theme myself personally? No. But I thought the way they handled the integration of that theme in the mach- in the machine itself and what they did with that type, particular title looks like a shit ton of fun. So I'm thinking, yeah, maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. So to sort of prove it up to myself, I decided to show my daughter. So I'm always fascinated, though, about what my daughter's opinion is about this hobby. And rather than explain to you what her reaction was, I thought I'd have a little fun and sort of interview her about the title. She hasn't seen it before now, so I'm just showing it all to her for the first time. I have told her previously that there is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball machine. Anyway, without further banter, I'm going to share with you a few of the highlights of my interview with my nine-year-old daughter about her reaction for the first time she saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball machine. Hello. It's cool. I like the pizza spinner. I like um, the outside's purple and pink. I just like that van thingy. Well, at least you know the song. Yeah, I know the song. Have you seen the cartoon before? I have. All I got really was that they live in sewers and they eat pizza. That's pretty good. That's about all I remember. Also, they fight crime. Ooh, good. Do you know any any of the characters' names? Jimmy, Joe, Bob, Fred, Frank. Hmm. So we're looking at the premium edition right now. What do you think, and what what do you like about the, uh, the, they call this the cabinet art. What do you like about the cabinet art on the outside? Um, I like the um, little maze thingy on the front, and I also like the pinky blue color. Yeah, I like that. What do you think of the artwork back here on the back glass? It's cool. Do you like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Mm, not like, I don't really like the show or anything or like any of the toys. 
Ooh, that stings. What kind of toys and things do you like? Um, I like Barbies. I like skateboards. I like bikes. But I just don't really like... Like, I like Star Wars action figures, but not Ninja Turtle action figures. Really? I'm a little shocked to hear that. Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't really interest me. So the theme itself doesn't really interest you? Yeah. Does anything about this game interest you? Um, I like that there's, like, a big pizza box and stuff, and there's, like, so much going on, and, like, there's a little plane thingy, um, and there's just a lot of action and stuff. Like, a ton of things for you to play. Now, when you saw the trailer, you really liked the pizza spinner. That seems pretty fun, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, like, spins around all the balls. And look at here, this is the van that you were talking about. It kicks out balls from there, so it, like, balls spit out here and then come onto the play field. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What's your opinion about pinball machines in general? Um, I don't dislike them. They just don't really interest me that much. Ooh, that gets me right in the heart. Why but, is that, do you think? Because we've been to arcades before, or barcades before, right? And they've had video games and pinball machines, and you've played pinball machines, right? Yes, um, but they're usually at the arcade. You don't really get to experience the best of the pinball machines and stuff. Like, you usually get to experience the really old ones and stuff, but just in general, I don't love pinball. I am literally weeping inside right now. And why is that? What, what about the game doesn't interest you, do you know? Um, well, you kind of do the exact same thing, like, every time and stuff, but there is, like, different courses and things. I don't know, it just doesn't really interest me. If you had the choice between playing a video game and playing a pinball machine, what would you play? A video game. And so what are your favorite video games? I like Roblox a lot, but that's not real. it's like an iPad game. Roblox, eh? Are there any other games you like? Oh, yeah, Mario Kart, um, the Wii and stuff. I like playing what, that. What if they had a Mario Kart pinball machine? Would you play that? No, it's just not the same. And if you went to school and said, my dad has a pinball machine, do you think anybody would really care, or do you think people would want to come over and play it? Um, I don't think they would really know what a pinball machine is. And what would you say about it if you were describing it? Um, it's a thing where you have like a little ball, and then you have to try to get it back up with these little flappy thingies. And there's a bunch of, like, things for the ball to do with different pinball machines, and yeah. Is it fun to play? Um, yes. It depends which one, though. And what's your favorite one to play? Um, I remember playing the Star Wars one, the, um, Simpsons. I remember playing, I also remember playing, um, Mario. How much do you think a game like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should cost? Um... Five thousand dollars? That's a that's a lot. What about two thousand? How much are they actually? They're more than five thousand dollars. Really? For a pinball machine? Wow, that's sad. <laughs> Why is it sad? That's a lot of money for a pinball machine. And if you really like them but you're not very rich, you can't get one. Aha. The quandary, right? Well I guess you could always go to the arcade to play one. Yeah, but then, like, what if it's closed, like, a pandemic? Yeah, this is true. Not everyone can have one, right? Can you rent a pinball machine? (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. In some places. It's still not the same. It's still not the same, right? It's having one in your house. You want to see anything else about pinball in general? Do you think you you want to play some more pinball? Um, it wouldn't be my first choice. Mm. What if someone said, all you could do here for the entire day is play pinball? What would you think about that? 
Uh, I would be a little bit like okay, but that's a little like you don't want to see flashing lights and catchy songs that's gonna get stuck in your head all day.、Mm. Depends which pinball machine is it. It is. What if someone said you have here's your iPad, you have to play it all day? What would you say to that? Um, I like my iPad, but I wouldn't want to play it all day because that's not good for me.、Mm. Even though you do that all the time. I do not. <laughs> Tennis world, tennis, turtles, tennis world, and the turtles, turtles in a half shell. Well, it looks like I've got my work cut out for me. <laughs> I think that's what Zach would call a strong take on that particular title. But I hope you enjoyed that little interview. Always fun to hear what the kiddos think about these things. We'll see what she thinks of the game when she sees it in person and plays it for the first time. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in again. We've got two episodes under our belt. Hoping Zach lets me out of the mailroom soon. Zach, I'm getting swamped down here. <laughs> We're getting some nasty letters. <laughs> anyway. Hope to get some of our correspondents on next time. Get some of their opinions on the happenings of the day. But until next time, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Play for five minutes.